you are about to experience a message from South Lake Church, a church who gathers together 10.30 a.m. Sunday mornings at Hometown Heroes Park in League City, Texas. And here at South Lake, it's about relationships with Jesus. And we do this as we engage, grow, and share Jesus in our community relationships. Make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Stay up to date with all that's happening here at South Lake Church. So we here at South Lake are starting a new series called This Is Us. And the idea for the next three weeks is to discuss what it means that people experience from, uh, with us here at South Lake. What do they feel? What do they see when they, we talk with them? Because here at South Lake, we engage, we grow, we share our faith in our communities. But how do people experience that? And what I believe, and here at Gloria Day, this is about not being non-judgy. This is about serving and relationships. When these things are happening and experienced, it's amazing how people get to know Jesus and grow in him. So this week we're going to focus on the first one, which is being non-judgy. I know some people have asked me, why do we say non-judgy? Oh, what we mean is we're here for all people. When you're somebody who walks in these doors, you should be feel that you are here and you can worship. When you have a conversation with somebody from South Lake, you should feel like anybody can have that conversation. But one of the things we've noticed when we've talked with people, they tell us that they feel this, this sense of being non-judgy here at South Lake. I know somebody who actually is now starting to come here to South Lake because she felt non-judged for being here. And I would say that for most of us here, this is something we live with and deal with, but what can sometimes be a struggle is what we feel ourselves or what we show to others. And we're going to work through that today. And so I've been thinking about this. When I was in school and the teacher would ask a question, I always want the first question kids to answer the question because it's a race, everything's a race, and I love to hear my voice. <laughs> but I noticed something. Not everybody in class likes to raise their hand. The actual smart kids didn't always raise their hand. And I thought about that this week and I realized, some of you guys can help me out, do some people here not like to raise their hands because they're afraid they might get judged if they say the wrong thing? So two people that were kind enough to actually raise their hand, one person verbally said it, so that's awesome. <laughs> I never thought about that. Because again, in my mind, if I'm not answering a question, then you know, if you're not first, you're last, right? And so because we're afraid of being judged, we'd rather not a- raise our hand. Think about that for a second. And I'll talk about in school. Does anybody play an instrument or play in band or in chorus? You ever afraid that maybe you don't get the right set of notes in a, uh, one of the stanzas? You got a whole group with you, so you'd rather not play and be silent and allow the others to carry the tune than to maybe mess up? Right? You ever felt that feeling before? Yeah. I really believe that fear, you're afraid people are going to judge you if you make a mistake. I've been asking the last couple of weeks, have you had a chance to talk with somebody about their life, how is it going, which might lead to a conversation about Jesus. Are any of us here afraid you might be judged because you're bringing up about religion or your faith? Yeah. See, we live in a world full of judgments. 
Now, I say itself like we are non-judgy, because that's what we want people to feel and experience. But I'll be honest with you, we all judge. I judge. You judge. So when we talk about being non-judgy, it's not that there's no judgments, but realize we're trying to first uh, receive somebody, accept them from who they are, before we have more conversations. And this is a tension, and this can be difficult. And we see that in our lives right now. I want to tell you, in scriptures, it's just as difficult. So as we talk about what does it mean then to show non-judgy, what does it mean to experience it, we have to realize it's not just us. The reason why I bring that up, and I said if it's difficult for us to do this, is because as humans, this is what we do. We judge. Uh, starting from the first groups of humans together, you judge whether or not that person should be in your tribe. It's called safety. You're trying to figure out what that person provides. As civilization grew up and uh, family groups started getting into cities, you judge whether or not this person should be a group of 100 or a couple thousand people. Again, is it safe to be around them? Is this somebody I know? I've been thinking about this because you think about William Shakespeare for a second. I think most of us can raise their hand. You've really read or heard a play by William Shakespeare. Think about that when he was writing, only a couple thousand people actually knew what he was either doing or could read his work. That's all who could judge it, judge him at the time when he was doing all these things. You post a video or a comment, can a couple hundred people judge you what you say? Is it just a couple hundred people? It can be millions. And what's happened with the world and with us is the whole world now can speak into, which can be a good thing in this ideas, but the whole world can judge now. And one of the things we're finding out with students in school, but pastors or anybody who likes to feel affirmed, is that you're looking to see how the world judges what you're doing. And when more and more people, and people who you've never met before, not like, miss, or write bad comments, you're feeling all that judgment in a way that people in the time of scriptures had never felt. People 100 years, 100 years ago never felt. People 20 years ago did not feel that kind of pressure that we face today. So when we talk about being non-judging, why South Lake is non-judging, because we're trying to be a place where people can come together, not really about comments, not worry about likes, and just be ourselves together. So we're going to dive into our scripture today. We're going, to go, we're going to look at two scriptures. So if you're using the app, it'll be easier to follow along for those who have it. And we're going to first start with 1 John. 1 John is a couple letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, who we traditionally believe is written by the disciple John. The churches who are kind of messing up, these church plants are messing up the idea of how we live out our faith. Because remember, they don't have the Bible yet. They just hear these people share about Jesus, and you're just trying to live a life because of Jesus. And John's reminding them that as a group of Christians coming together, as a church plant, as a people together, what you really should do is show God's love to others. That's it. That's like the golden rule right there. If you show God's love to others, it's amazing how one, you will have a better understanding of who God is, better understanding. But that's how people will experience and know God too. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, 
For love comes from God. Anyone who loves a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not, uh, does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that, the lo- not that, we, um, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. When we talk about the brokenness of this world, we're discussing how this love that God has for us is all messed up. We don't really understand it. And how we live it out, it's all messed up, which causes hurt. Yet God had a plan. You wonder how to summarize the gospel message? It's right here. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God doesn't love us because we do all this praying. It's not because we're giving. In fact, the more we do, the more it actually shows how much we actually deserve judgment. And it says here, he sent his son into the world. So we won't be judged. This is the love that we talk about every Sunday. And ending with verse 17, because we'll go through this again, but at end of 17, I love this verse. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence, because we, like Jesus, uh, are here in this world. John's reminding that church plant, no matter all the distractions, all the hurt, the brokenness, how much we have opinions of one another, that the one opinion that matters above all is God's. For those who believe in Jesus, who have a love of Jesus, when you see him, that judgment is going to be a celebration of love because of who Jesus is, not because of none of us, which is great. This is amazing. But then how do we live this out? I don't know about you, this sounds really great to love one another. I know Zach's thinking, I can't wait to show more love to my little sister, right? Yeah. So then how do we live this out? Well, a great example to show the gospel, to show this good news of Jesus. Guess who's the best example of it? Jesus. See, there's some easy answers here. And if we go to John chapter 8, I'm going to talk through this. We've done this already as South Lake when we talked about non-judging, but this story really helps us understand how to live out this love. So John chapter 8 is a story about how a woman caught in adultery is dragged out to be judged. And what they do is they drag her in front of Jesus. And they ask Jesus, in a sense, to pick up the first stone and judge her. That's really what's all going on here. Jesus doesn't. For those who know the story, what he's going to do is he's actually going to write in the ground something we don't know. And one by one, these church elders are going to walk away until it's just him with this woman. And I've been focusing on this week. What's really interesting is these church people, a lot like a lot of us or our friends, might not be you, on Facebook, when we see things we don't like, we love making comments. We love reposting the things that are wrong of this world and telling others about it. Because we're Christian, right? We know we, we got this moral law, we got it covered, and everybody needs to know our opinion. That's what they're doing. These church leaders are making a point. We know this woman has sinned, 
She's wrong. They're bringing her up, and we're about to show judgment. Except back then, you don't have a sad face. You have a rock, and you chuck it at that person. I'm glad things have changed. But with Jesus, what's he going to do? Is he going to show judgment? Well, he doesn't. And he knows they're trying to trap him, and he sets it down, and he writes something. And what I've taken from uh, John chapter 8 this week is that Jesus doesn't judge the church leaders. Because it's been really easy to turn around, take the stone, and chuck it at them, right? Because they're hypocrites. He doesn't. And he says he allows their hearts to judge themselves, and they walk away one by one. So think about that. If anybody's got the right to call somebody out for misusing Scripture, it might be God. And he didn't. Instead, he said, Whoever, um, whoever's not sinned, cast the first stone. And one by one, they walk away. So I take heart on that because, again, Jesus could chuck the rock back at them too. He didn't. So now it says Jesus and the woman. Now, we talked about earlier in John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, that this is all about God loving us so much that he sent his own son. And through him is eternal life. And now here he is with this woman, just him and this woman. And he looks at her, and is he, does he judge her? Does he throw the stone? No. He tells her, sin no more. For I do not judge you. This is important because Jesus doesn't ignore the mistakes and the hurt. Instead, he tells her, with the care and compassion I have for you too. In the words of Bob Newhart, stop it. But that's all he says. He doesn't cast a rock. He doesn't bring it down. He doesn't judge in that sense. He just calls a sin a sin and loves that person. I don't know about you, I think that's one of the best models and examples of how to live out what John's talking about. To show love, to show God in us. And the reason why this is so important and what I thought about is that when Jesus was confronting the church leaders, you know what they could have done instead of stoning her? They could have stoned him. He tried to, you know, he, he stepped in front of it. Here's the thing. He stepped up in front of, for all of us. He takes on that hurt. He takes those stones. Now, I know the hard part here is today it's really hard to say that because do people still throw stones at us? Do we still get comments? Sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie, lie, lie. Sticks and stones will bruise and will heal. Words cut deep. We're reminded here of the story of Jesus with this woman. Instead of cutting deep, he loves her, he forgives her, and sends her on her way. And as God's people, that's what we get to do. Because God loved us so much, we get to take that love of others. I love it then, if you want to, for those who still have your bulletin open, if you go back to First uh, John chapter 4, verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but we love each other. God lives in us, and his love is brought to full compassion in us. Expre- oh, expression in us. John's making the point for those who have that love of Jesus in us, just by being other people in our lives, we get to share it and show it. 
So what does that mean for us now as Southlake as we leave here today, taking these words? Remember what Jesus did for that woman. Well, one of the best examples is Perhatus. He listened to somebody on, on her, um, taking the kids to school. He didn't judge them for annoying you or messing up your schedule. He didn't take time to think, like, who are you to come up to me? He just listened. That's one reason why I've been asking everybody here to take that time, just to ask somebody and you listen to their story. Because when you do that, you get to know them. And you get to realize something. They're God's creation, too. When we start to see that, hear that, feel that, it makes it really hard to judge somebody when you first meet with them. That's something we get to do. Now, the caveat to all this is, as we get to know people, are there going to be times we've got to tell them the truths of Scripture? Yes. Here at South Lake, we are opening up. Oh, oh it's all right, Miss Annalyn. You're all good. I didn't scare you, so we're good. Um, but here at South Lake, we're here for everybody. We're open to all. Does that mean as we get to know one another, we're going to have some tough conversations? Absolutely. But we do that out of relationship and out of love. Not by throwing stones, not by shutting the door, and not by clicking dislike. Because this is us. This is Southlake. We're not judging. We're about serving. We're, we're about relationships. Because this is probably one of the best ways that we can engage, grow, and share Jesus in our community relationships. Amen? Amen. Thank you for taking time to hear a message from South Lake Church. And as we engage, grow, and share Jesus together, make sure to click subscribe on your favorite player. A way to stay up to date that's all happening here at South Lake Church here in League City, Texas.